Aloha from the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop in the beautiful Napa Valley. Lauren Bowl here speaking. Uh, Judd's actually busy right now with his wife Holly Gay ready to go on the amazing race, so I'll be hosting today's show. Uh, that just got canceled, Lauren. Here I am. Oh, it did? Ah, oh, yeah. bummer. Oh, I'm so sorry, Judd. That would have been the chance of a lifetime for you. Well, next lifetime. Yeah. But I brought somebody with me. This is Wendy Pisha, the executive director of Napa Humane. Welcome. Thank you very much. How'd you like to be on a radio show today? Love it. What's your favorite tropical drink? Oh, you know what? I love the lava flow. Lava flow. We'll work that in somehow. Sure. But before we get to it, we invite you to join Judd and his family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail, Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. That's right, Lauren. I would love to welcome you to the winery. We've got visiting information on the website, which is juddshill.com. We're open daily, and we'd love to see you, especially our Napa neighbors. Always love to welcome the locals. And just for being an avid listener, if you go to judshill.com, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% of your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can also join the Judd's Hill Wine Club with a lot of uh, really cool offers and uh, a lot of other neat stuff as well. That's right. We always guarantee a good time when you join the wine club. I'm not biased at all, but I think it's the best wine club in the Valley. You'll get a, a nice deal, as they say, on the wine and invitations to events, parties, and all sorts of other great perks. Check it out while you're online. There's a wine club tab at judshill.com as well. I think that's all I've got to say. And now, on with the show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a fantastically fun Finkel Fest. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, coming to you from the exotic South Seas beauty of Napa Valley's most exclusive cocktail lounge, the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. Chianti, Riesling, Chardonnay. What kind of wine are we gonna have today? Pass that bottle if you please. I think I'll have a little more Chablis. It's time for another exciting edition of Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Lava Flow Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finkelstein. Uh, aloha, Mr. Lauren Mole. Well, hello, Judd. Hello. Welcome once again to the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. It's good to have you here. Well, well thanks for having me here, Judd. I, I, I love, I say this every time, but I love doing shows from here. It's, it's, it's a transportation. Uh, we've been transported. That's what I meant by transportation, by the uh, way. I to another place, another time. We are, as you said, in the exotic South Seas beauty of this exotic tiki lounge and i just i love soaking in the atmosphere it's a it's a different vibe than being live on the air from kvon where you know the clock says nine and boom we push the button and whatever happens happens here i feel like it's a little more laid back i feel like we can i feel like we can take our time we really can't we still have the same amount of time to get the show in but there's just a nice kind of relaxed atmosphere here it is what are you up to <laughs> I've been working a lot. I know that. You are the hardest working man in the grocery business. How's things going over there at Knob Hill? I'm loving it. Are there anything, is there, 
is it, are you, will we, <laughs> what's the latest? Tell me what you enjoy about working over there. Oh, like, like bagging the, the items and getting to know the customers well. That's nice. You know, I was in there not long ago and had the chance to run into you. And then as I was leaving, we had a short chat. I got a kick out of this. I was walking out, but I could hear you telling the next customer who I was. Like, you know, that's Judd Finkelstein from the Judd's Napa Valley show. And I thought that was pretty cool. You're very personable. You like to connect people. That's right. I do. Yeah. Well, you're you're well suited for it. And it's good that you're on the show because you get to meet lots of people in the community and make friends and network away. Thanks. Oh, and by the way, I yeah. must tell you, Jen, I recently saw your interview with Tony Kilgallen on uh, Channel 28. Oh, is that is that airing already? I think it must have aired already. I didn't have that on my calendar until about uh, two weeks from now. Oh, boy. Okay, well, I better get on that and, and watch. I really enjoyed uh, doing his show. Oh, good. It's on NapaValleyTV.org if you, if you want to see Judd with uh, Tony Kilgallen on Wining and Dining in the Napa Valley. Thank you, Lauren, for letting me know about that. He was You're a welcome. great guest. We had him two weeks in a row on this very show because so much to talk about with him. You know, he's an, an author, a professor, a historian. He's just a fascinating guy. So you can look up his episode right here, Judd's Napa Valley Show via the iTunes store. All the episodes eventually make it there in podcast form. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's- Anything else going on, sir? Nothing else for me, but uh, what's going on with you, John? Just enjoying the beautiful Napa Valley, as always. Um, me too. The winery is doing well. We have our cruise. We're doing a Judd's Hill wine cruise next year, April 2018. Where are we going this year? We are going on a fabulous Americana adventure up the Mississippi River on a luxury paddle wheeler from New Orleans to Memphis. It's going to be fantastic there'll be excursions in every port of call along the way there'll be a historian aboard to tell us uh, some stories about the places we're visiting there's going to be fabulous cuisine and i'm planning a pre-embarkation party for the night before in new orleans where we will go out and we will have a night to remember so i hope folks will check it out all the information is at judshill.com and uh, that's on our events page Right on. As are all our other fun events that folks should be coming to. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to all of it. Hey, we've got a guest here. Oh, we do. Let's let's get right to it. I, I want to talk to this person. Okay, John. Our guest's work is based on love and not because it's trendy. To all four-legged companions is a friend, she. At Napa Humane, she's the main brain. Let's meet Executive Director, Wendy. Hey, that was a great little limerick. <laughs> Wendy Pisha. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. It's I'm great, great to see you here. Thank you. Welcome to the Wiki Wiki Grog Show. I'm loving this. I'm kind of liking the red, the red hue in the room. That's true. No natural light filters into this. So we have a very, <laughs> very moody light here. It kind of lights up the, the tiki's and the mugs and the, the bottles of rum. It's very fun. Well, cool. I'm glad that you're uh, enjoying that. Yes. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about Napa Humane. Great. You're the executive director. I am. I am recent, recently named, actually. So I've only been the executive director since uh, October of 2016. So I'm a, uh-huh. I'm a newbie to my role. Well, okay, but you're not a newbie. You've been with them for about 12, 12 years. years, right? 2005, Correct. I think? Correct. Yeah. So I was the program director for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And then our executive director, who was Jane Albert, who is Jane Albert, um, <laughs> she actually moved out of the area and a great opportunity for me to grow with Napa Humane. So I'm, I'm really excited to continue this venture. And uh, my next chapter, Napa Humane's ne- next chapter, 
So very excited about that. Well, let's talk, let's get right into it because Nappy Humane is a great organization here in our community. Certainly, you must have a love of animals. I do. (laughs) And have you always had a love of animals? Yes. So I'm that typical story of I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was a little girl. You know, what are you going to be? I'm going to be a vet. Right. And uh, then college came and biology 101 came (laughs) and went. (laughs) Couldn't quite pass that class very easily. So I thought, you know, I don't think I'm going to make it to be a doctor. Okay. It's not in my sights. But um, this is Nappy Humane came along and it's this amazing opportunity. My my schooling background is actually in social work and nonprofit management. And so kind of marriaging the two nonprofit management and love for animals. It's it's become it's the perfect job. It sounds like the dream job. It really is. I mean, it sounds like really your goal is to work with animals. And if you're not going to be a doctor, Right. You what can, else can you do? Yeah, yes. you can help the animals in other ways. Absolutely. And now Napa Humane, it's the goal really, at, which I think is 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 is. Take is your it, time, John. No, thank you. Well, you know, <laughs> I want to say this properly because this is their goal. I think it's very admirable that it, it's not that you just want to find shelter for lost or abandoned animals, but you just want to keep them out of the shelter in the first place. That's correct. You want to make sure that they don't need your services. Exactly. Exactly. So our history is is a long one. Nappy Maine has been around since 1973 and we operated an animal shelter for a number of years mm. as well as our low cost high volume spay neuter clinic which is um, over on California Boulevard in case you're wondering. And we um, because of the flood project we were over by the river where where the Napa County Animal Shelter is now the yeah. movie theater all that. Mm-hmm. So we were not far from there. We were on the river. And because of the flood project, um, both our building and the Napa County Animal Shelter were raised to make way for the flood project. Ah, yes. And that was about 13, 14 years ago. And so at that time, we were able to take us, Napa Humane was able to take a step back and say, what are we going to do? Are we going to embark on a capital campaign to build a new shelter? Um, in the meantime, the Napa County Animal Shelter was able to rebuild their facility mm. three times the size of both of our old facilities combined. Oh, wow. So we said, do we really need another animal shelter in Napa if we build cages we're just going to fill them with more animals right so that's not the point right so let's figure out how to keep them from coming to any shelter in the first place so we decided to really focus on um, proactive preventative programming and that's all about spay neuter so keeping um, all those unwanted litters of puppies and kittens and rabbits from being born in the first place and um, education. So we go into the schools and teach kids how to be safe around dogs and cats and how to be responsible pet parents because today's children are our future pet parents. That's true. Indeed. And hopefully they will go home and influence the, uh, the the care of the pets in their home now as well. You know, it's kind of, it reminds me of, do you remember those um, smoking cessation you know, don't smoke or, or th- when you were in school, do you remember those? Well, I mean, yeah, sure. There was lots of don't smoke campaigns. Of course, there was the, you know, this is your brain. This is right. your brain on exactly, drugs exactly. with the frying egg. But and then kids would go home and say, mom or dad, you know, put that cigarette out. It's bad for you yeah. kind of a thing. So we figure if we're teaching children how to be uh, responsible pet parents and, and all the different things that our pets need from us, the care that they need from us, everything from seeing a veterinarian on a regular basis. Um, and certainly if they're sick or injured to proper grooming, to proper identity. They can go home and say, hey, Fluffy's not wearing an ID tag. We need to get one of those because if he gets lost, you know, those kinds of things. So we hope to influence the pets in their home now, but certainly long into the future. And you bring that into classrooms? We do. Here at the local schools? Free. Free to the classrooms. So we... How does that look? Yeah. 
It is it's, it's really awesome. I'm so proud of our humane education <laughs> program. So we send flyers out to all of the teachers and um, w- explaining what the presentation is safe around dogs and cats. So bite prevention, that sort of thing. And then the second presentation is responsible pet care. They're both an hour long presentation and um, free to the schools K through five is, is where we're visiting. And um, t- teachers respond and we go to the classroom. We visit about 50 classes each year oh wow um, yes so it's all over napa i know it's, it's a lot of kids it's, it's a lot of kids to, yeah. it's a lot of kids and it's so fun we don't bring a live animal oh into, you knew my I next know, question that was my next so question that's, and the teachers asked that too and yeah. for for a lot of reasons one is liability just mm. bringing any sort of live animal in you have to have a dog that's uh, properly specially trained like a therapy type dog yeah. which we could do but the other thing i've noticed is that the second you bring a dog into a classroom, where's the attention going to be? Sure. It's not going to be on the presentation. No. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. <laughs> Which is awesome. And uh, but, but really, we want the focus to be on the, the, the messaging. So we right. do have a stuffed dog that we bring in. <laughs> And he is lifelike. His name is Samson. Samson's oh. been with me for about nine years. So he's oh. been <laughs> visiting Family member. Really and truly. But people think he's real all the time. Teachers will stop and be like, oh my gosh, I thought that was a real dog. And he's not. But um, <laughs> I also have been concerned about leaving him in my car because I'm afraid that oh. someone is going <laughs> to Smash your animal. window. Yes. Yes. So I'm like, if you have the stuffed dog in your car, put him upside down so his legs are, you know, straight up. So So it looks like a dead dog. They're not going to try to save it. (laughs) Rigor mortis. (laughs) Yeah. So um, what type of dog is Samson? He is a German short hair pointer. Okay. Yes, he's very cute. Oh, that sounds. I should have brought Samson. Darn it! We could have talked about Samson. Samson. I know. I know. Well, that's wonderful, and I know your mission is to promote. This is straight off your website, by the way. I did a little reading. Yes. But the mission is to promote the welfare of companion animals through protection, advocacy, education, and by example. Exactly. So you've just told me about some education you yes. do in the schools. Yes. Is there other types of education? Do you do things at the humane? Well, we have, years ago, we uh, would answer, okay, let me start. And I, I do want to hit each one of these, sure, what you're doing in those. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, um, one of the things is being a humane society, of course, people think we are all things animal. Mm. So we get phone calls from everything from an, uh, reporting that a kitty's been hit by a car and oh, is in the street to I'm, we've received amazing phone calls. Someone has called and said, hey, there's a beehive. Do you know how I can humanely remove it? Uh-huh. Everything you can think of. There's a squirrel there's a poss- in my car. Exactly. Yeah. Everything. So we thought you. it isn't. But rather than just saying that's not us, thank you, goodbye, mm-hmm. we wanted to be that referral and resource oh, for good. people. So we made it our, our part of our mission as education to know everything we possibly could mm. and refer people to the appropriate places. Great so resource. it may not be something that we do, but we will find out or we will send you to the right place. Or if we don't know, we'll find out and get back to you. So that's um, a lot of our education is just around streamlining those animal welfare calls. Uh, okay. I understand. But really what you deal with day to day are companion animals. Correct. Pets. Dogs, cats, rabbits are our thing. Dogs, cats, and rabbits. Yes. So if yes. my fish is looking sick, I don't call you. Correct. Or, yeah. Correct. Uh, okay. Or I find one I'll say out. I'm sorry. There's a lost fish. I don't bring it to the humane. <laughs> no, no. Okay. We do not have any sort of shelter. We don't have any sort of fostering program. So we don't take any animals into our facility except for our surgery patients for the day. Understood. So, yes. Which yes. is where Dr. Uh, Dr. Dr. Jones Dr. West is. Dr. Jones is one of our veterinarians. Yes. Yes. Um, 
we had originally thought he might be able to join us. Right. And he's a fun guy, really interesting, good personality, and a background in radio as well. So I thought it would be fun. But he is doing surgeries. He's doing surgery right now as yeah. we speak. So hi, Wes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So one of the uh, one of the other pillars of your mission, uh, protection. Yes. Yes. So protection can be uh, defined in a lot of different ways, right? So there is animal services, which is a department of the sh- under the sheriff's department, and their job really is to respond to calls about sick or injured animals, abuse and neglect. So that's one form of protection. The protection that we really focus on at Nappy Humane is keeping pets in homes and, mm. and not in a preventing homelessness, right? Right, right? So behavior help, people will call us for, they may be on the verge frustrated with something that their dog or cat is doing and they may be, may be considering rehoming that pet. Oh, so if we can talk with them and give them some tips, suggestions, um, ideas of ways that they can work with that pet, maybe help them understand where the pet may be coming from, those sorts of things. Ideally, just keeping the pet in the home if, if that's possible. That's not always possible. There right. are some situations in which it's best to find yeah, a absolutely. better fit for the, for the pet. And that may be the case too. And we, we give people permission to do that as well. And by permission, I just mean that people, it's sad. People feel judged if they're not able to keep their pet. Support that. Yes. It's like, if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Right. Help them understand that. Now, advocacy is one of the pillars, although that seems like everything you're saying right now is part of advocacy. Exactly. So our, exactly. It's, It's really about the education and just keeping pets with their people, strengthening that human-animal bond, teaching children, teaching adults how to be uh, safe around pets and responsible around pets. And so all of those things are going to, are going to advocate for the welfare of companion animals. Mm. Spay-neuter, preventing, preventing a lot of really suffering. And specifically, community cats are a big thing. Okay, I'm going to ask you. Go ahead. How would you define a community cat? Well, I would imagine a community cat is a cat that just kind of hangs out in a neighborhood, maybe doesn't belong to one particular house, or if it does, those people don't really keep it... uh, Tend to all of its needs. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's actually a much more diplomatic (laughs) phrase than I was going to use. It just kind of roams about. Right. It can, um, maybe if it hasn't been uh, fixed, uh, it's going to have kittens all over, and then you've got not only community cats, you've got a horde of cats. Right, and those are really our most vulnerable pets, I would say, or animals, because some of them aren't really even f- pets if right. we're talking about feral cats, those cats that you talked about being born out there in the streets, yeah. in the fields or whatnot. If they don't have human an- interaction, they just become feral. Yeah. So they're going to stay away from people. And with no one to really care for them, if they get sick or injured, what happens to them? You know, they're just out there kind of suffering. If they get, they become prey to other animals, fox. Yeah possibly injured by dogs or you know worse than injured by dogs Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of there's a lot of harm that can happen to outdoor outdoor cats and so community cats are a real problem all over all over the united states or all over the world really sure um but but obviously at nappy humane we focus on our napa cats and so we do a lot of work around um, education and around spay neuter of these cats so um, all of our fees are subsidized by donation so for example it may cost cost just cost over a hundred dollars to do a cat spay or neuter but we charge forty dollars 
um, for a male cat and $50 for a female cat. So people are paying a portion of the fees and then we fundraise to make up the difference. Well, community cats are not owned really by anybody. Right. And so paying 40 or $50 to spay or neuter that community cat might be cost prohibitive. And especially if you have 10 cats, then you're talking a couple hundred, you know, several hundred dollars. Yeah, and who's so, responsible And who's responsible. Point. So we charge $35 for a spare neuter of a community cat, which, again, is still a hefty cost. If you've got 10 cats, that's still $350. Yeah, yeah. But it's significantly subsidized, and we're trying to remove barriers to spay mm. and neuter. We saw over 600 Wow. feral cats last year. Wow. Yes. It's Who, pretty who's amazing. Who's bringing them in? Just people the in the community. community. Yeah. Yes. And so I love that people get involved in that way. Again, it's not their cats. It may not even be cats that they're feeding. Certainly if you're feeding a cat, we would hope that you would be responsible for that cat's, uh, for that cat by having it spayed or neutered so that yeah. you don't end up with 10 cats by the end of <laughs> summer. Yeah. We work them into our, we don't even schedule appointments for feral cats because you never know when a cat is going to go into a trap. You can't just pick up these cats oh, right, and bring right, them in. Right, right. So there's a whole process. You have to rent a trap. You have to set a trap. You have to wait for the cat to go in the trap, bring it to our clinic spay or we spay or neuter it and then you return it back to where you found it and really it's those cats that are our most vulnerable and so we we encourage the community to get involved even if you know even if you're not a if you're not a cat lover no you don't have to be a cat lover i mean i have um i had a relative who lived in los angeles mm -hmm. in the griffith park area so it's a bit of a i mean it's in the city but there's rural aspects to it. you know it was up on a hillside mm -hmm. and the immediate next door neighbor just would put food out yes and you would not believe how many cats right were living i mean dozens and dozens and dozens uh, yeah of right. cats all the time and, but there are also coyotes there there yes. are skunks yes these poor cats you could tell they didn't always look like they were the healthiest cats right. at night if we were staying at the <laughs> relative's house all night you just heard noises yes fights probably between the skunks and the cat you smelled right. skunk all the time because they right. were fighting with the cats and uh you know it becomes a not only a nuisance but certainly a, a health hazard it is a health hazard it is for humans and the cats so when a, a community cat i mean i w i don't know whatever happened i don't know sure. the, the relative moved but that would have been a great example for that street to have come together right and said let's take care of this and there's so much education that goes around that because just as you said just leaving a, a lot of food out for a cat yeah. is not at all what you want to do no. because one a well-fed cat is going to re reproduce at a higher rate oh. because you know think about sure. it it's a healthier cat she's yeah. going to have a litter of six kittens instead of maybe a litter of four kittens. I mean, yeah, you know, so kittens will probably survive because she right. can produce <laughs> exactly. milk and take care exactly. of them. Exactly. And then you have all this excess food. So who are you encouraging to come is the skunks mm -hmm. and the raccoons. So now you've got your wildlife problem. Right. There are a lot of ways that people can responsibly care for community cats. And that's by having actual feeding stations and feeding at the exact same time every day so that the cats, it's like the Pied Piper. They mm. know their feeder and they all come running up when they know they're going to be fed. You leave an appropriate amount of food, okay. let them eat for their 15, 20 minutes, and then remove any un 
eaten food. And these so, are cats that you would hope have already been brought in for the spay and, and neuter service. And if they have part of a, what we call a feral cat package mm-hmm. is this community cat package, is that it does include an ear tip. So we do actually, while they're uh. under anesthesia, we remove the tip of one of their ears. And the reason we do that is because um, you can then identify which cats have been spayed or neutered and which uh-huh. ones haven't. Imagine if you have 10 black cats sure. and you can't touch any of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to know who's been done and who hasn't? Right. So it's, it's an easy way to identify and is considered a humane way to identify them because, again, they're under anesthesia. So it's just a simple little procedure. So, yes, if you're feeding the cats and suddenly there's this new cat that has both ears intact, mm-hmm. that's an indication. Oh, got to set the trap got to get Let's that get cat one. exactly so you can you can manage that's called a managed colony okay okay sounds those like those are good the, tips sounds like the neighbors that you're talking about no <laughs> had an unmanaged no, completely <laughs> unmanaged which it is was, a problem and the the smell around them right, too. right my goodness now when a, a cat comes into you yes a feral cat mm-hmm. community cat yep do you also give it a general health checkup as well well part of the exam is that we do listen to their listen to their heart so we'll Mm -hmm. know if they have a significant heart murmur or anything like that we're able to look to see if it has any um abscesses which are common because a lot of the feral cats being territorial and all will get into fights so we can treat them for little abscesses if there's something significant going on uh, by by a visible exam i guess we would encourage that the kitty go to a full service vet um, because that would be beyond the services that we're able to provide you know say it's dragging its leg and maybe it needs an amputation or something like that in those situations quite honestly if the cat is severely injured it might be the more humane thing to euthanize the cat Mm. at that point because again these are cats that aren't going to be cared for how can you cast a feral cat that does not want any human interaction kind of a thing. So it's, it's a, it's a dilemma. It's a dilemma. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Now example. Yes. Is the uh, final pillar of your mission. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds like you're, I mean, you're setting examples by everything you've you've just said with the education going into the classroom and whatnot. Are there other ways that you uh, set examples for our community to to care for animals? Yes, but it's funny because what I think of with that is, you know, social media is such a big thing now. Every, every, so many businesses have social media sites and, and whatnot. And it's really interesting. We have to be incredibly mindful about the different, about the posts, for example, that we would put on Facebook. Hmm. And I'm going to give you an example of a group, not an air, not a local group, but it was an animal welfare group. And they were trying to show how great Pitbulls are. It's a pit bull advocacy group. Okay. And so they posted a video on their site and it showed a baby sitting in there was all these kind of pit bulls around it. And they yeah, were trying I, to show how gentle you know, the dog is. I you know, these can dogs. I already see are. where this is going. Right. Yeah. That's not something that we nappy humane. It's like great. Those dogs can be great dogs. All dogs can be great dogs. But really, no child should be left in a pile of dogs. Any kind of dog. <laughs> Any kind of dog. No, a pile of chihuahuas. Don't leave a baby <laughs> in a pile of dogs because you never know. Anything. Dogs can bite. Dogs bite. Yeah. Um, anything can they happen. Bite, they can scratch if they're startled by Absolutely. something just by trying to get away Absolutely. or something. So that's kind of a, a, a silly example of a by example. Mm-hmm. Um, just being very mindful about about the messaging that we put out there. 
And so what, what is the, your style of messaging when you do All make posts, say, education. on social media? Because so you do have a Facebook page. We do. Folks we can do. look you up. Absolutely. Napa Humane. Exactly. And so so around Halloween time, for example, um, dressing up pets. People love to dress up pets yeah. all the time, but especially around <laughs> Halloween. And we think it's fun, too. So if we're going to post something on Facebook about dressing up your pet, part of our message is about the safety of it. You know, make sure that's nothing that they can chew off and maybe swallow a piece of the costume. Um, also, if your pet is uncomfortable with it, don't do it. You know, some pets are fine with it, and that's yeah. great. But if you have, don't force it. Right. So it's like, great, you can you can partake in the fun, but take cues from your dog. If your dog is suddenly stiff-legged and not wanting to walk anywhere, it's probably a sign your dog's not enjoying it. So like, let's not dress them up. Or scratching at it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Not good for the pet. Exactly. So those are those are just some of the some of the messages. I've <laughs> got to ask you about something that I read about, which I thought was cool, and I need clarification. Okay. This sounds so cool. I don't know if this uh, goes under the education example, advocacy, all the above. You've started a puppet theater? <laughs> yes. For so animal uh, education? We did, yes. We actually, <laughs> Tell me about this. It is awesome. We contracted with a professional puppeteer, ah. and his name is Art, and his, 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 the name of his company is Puppet Art Theater. Which I think ah, is so cool. Okay. Very clever. Yeah. So we worked with Art on creating the messaging, and it was all about responsible pet care. Mm -hmm. And um, the character, of course, you have to make if you're if you're doing a puppet show for children, it has to be fun. So it can't oh, just yeah. be message, message, you know, no, education. No, no. It's got to be <laughs> right. So we went with Princess Penny, and <laughs> Princess Penny um, wants to get a pet for her birthday. So basically, the show is really all about her. The, her she's doing everything wrong. <laughs> And each time something happens in the show, there is the fairy godmother who then gives the educational piece I of see. it. So she wants to get a, a, a pet for her birthday. Mm -hmm. And the king is really busy with the royal palace. He's got, you know, a party happening and stuff. So he's not really even focused. So first of all, that's not the right time to get a pet because the whole family wasn't involved in the decision making. And it's, you know, real busy life. And so you want to make sure that when you're bringing a pet into your life, that you have time to, you know, properly bring that pet into the fold of your daily routine. Not when you're about to take a vacation, maybe not right before you're about to have a baby. Maybe if you're, you know, divorce time, those are times that you want to avoid getting pets possibly. So anyways, so she wants a pet for her birthday. He gives her some gold. She goes to a um, pet salesman, which is kind of like a pet shop. Okay. Um, in, in, in the adult mind. Yeah. Yeah. And he talks her into getting a cat because it matches because the eyes of the cat match her the dress she's wearing or something, you know, some <laughs> silly reason. It's like, okay, here's yeah, a perfect yeah. pet for you. Got it. So but he's just all about wanting the gold. So each pet she brings home, there's a problem. She brings the cat home. The king is highly allergic to the uh -oh. cat. So he's sneezing all and he says, get rid of this cat. Put it in the dungeon. So the cat oh, ends no. up in a cage in a dungeon. Lauren, would you put a cat in a dungeon? That seems cruel. Absolutely not. That's right. <laughs> Lauren is about a humane, a human as they're Perfect. Be. I love it. Well, actually, I'm sorry to say this, Wendy. I uh -oh. know I love dogs, but I can't have one because I'm allergic to them. Well, mm -hmm. see, there you go. So you would not bring a dog home because you know this. Exactly. Very good. Wouldn't be fair to you or the dog because or the, the dog, dog wouldn't be getting the care, the attention, the love. Exactly. Okay, so the cat is banished to the dungeon by right. the king. And she brings home the next pet, which is a rabbit. And the rabbit, they didn't 
properly bunny proof the castle so the oh, rabbit oh. chews through the wires of um, the lights which have to do with the party so all the lights go off oh dear and so then rabbit gets banished and then she brings home <laughs> to the dungeon also? to the dr- dungeon oh, which we're called you know which is like an animal shelter right just animals in cages and then she brings home a dragon which of course has nothing to do with nappy humane dogs cats and rabbits but a dragon being that um the right size pet like don't get a horse for your backyard i mean don't (laughs) (laughs) just kind of a thing my kids would love a giraffe by the way (laughs) so so would mine quite have the room (laughs) right which also very good point because um the dragon is also about exotic pets ah exotic pets are not pets no so that's kind of the messaging there too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wild animals are not pets, I should say. Mm-hmm. So dragon destroys the castle. So oh. uh, get get the dragon out of here. So finally, the fairy godmother comes in and saves a day and helps her find the right homes for all of those pets that are now in the dungeon. And then when things settle down, Princess Penny and the king come together and they go to the local animal shelter and they Very adopt good. and they end up adopting a dog. But this is all in puppet. It's and awesome. it all works out yes. and everyone's and happy. You all can't see me, but I'm totally animated with my hands right here trying That's to show true. my... <laughs> now, Lauren has long advocated for a webcam. Oh, that would be so cool. So people can watch along with the show. However, one of the rules of the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop is no photography is allowed. Oh. You, know, you have to be okay. invited in This is even to more exclusive. This. So even if, if we were going to do a webcam, we wouldn't do it. Actually, not really. Uh-oh. Not really what? I put that mind of... I put that thought officially to rest. Oh, is that right? What changed your mind? Uh, after, we, you know, the brief discussion you know, that, we've, that we've had. The one that you said no? The one where I said <laughs> no. That was very brief. <laughs> well, we did discuss, and my, my feeling was that um, a radio to me is like a theater of the mind. We right. can tell a story, we can meet people, and then the listener gets to have that experience of creating the images nice. in his or her own yes. mind and, and get the feelings that way. And then a webcam kind of takes away the magic. I hear you. But you're right, Wendy. You were very <laughs> animated telling <laughs> that story. And I should have been narrating that. Right now, Wendy is waving her hands bunny in the air. Bunny through the castle. Right. She put up two fingers <laughs> like you're going to put bunny ears behind someone's head during a photograph. And during the dragon, you kind of made a big grand gesture. So thank you very much. Maybe exciting for me and Lauren. Yes. Very good. We have to take a break. This is Wendy Pisha, the executive director of Napa Humane. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show from the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop right after these messages. It's always Finkalicious on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. At 1440 on your AM dial in the San Francisco Bay Area and streaming live in Denver, Colorado at KVON.com, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show from the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. Thank you, Lauren Lava Flow Mole. Good to see you. You too. This is fun. I love doing a show from here. You know what? Me too. Denver, Colorado. Exactly. What made you choose that one? It's one of one of my favorite places to go, somewhere I haven't been in almost 12 years. Oh, well. But I would love to go back someday. What is it about Denver that uh, has the allure for you? Oh, the, the Rocky Mountains and uh, and also the Coors Factory. The, the, the which factory? <laughs> the Coors Factory. Oh, Coors, the beer. In Colorado. <laughs> ah, 
You know, come to think of it, I remember we were at Trader Vic's some time ago, and while many of us were enjoying the, an original Mai Tai, Mr. Lauren Mole was drinking a Coors. You're a fan of the beer, huh? Sometimes. Okay. Just not all the time. Well, you know, recreational marijuana is legal there, too, so you can always turn to that. Not really. No, okay, that's not your thing. <laughs> really don't care for it anyway. Okay, well, that's fine. No one's forcing you to do anything. Just trying to get to the root of your love of Denver. It's a lovely city. I've been there myself. I haven't been in some time either, but uh, but they can hear this show streaming live anywhere where you can get internet at kvon.com. We stream live, and then, of course, past episodes are posted as podcast in the Apple iTunes store, so... Go ahead and subscribe or pick and choose. See who's there. We're well over 100 episodes are posted there at this point. We've got a great guest, Wendy Pisha, yes. executive director, Napa Humane, talking about taking care of our animals. Indeed. I'd like to take care of one of our listeners. I see you brought a little, I brought a a little something. What do you got there? You ready? Uh, wow. I know. Ah. Look at that. This is a medal on a, a red, metal. white, and blue ribbon, and it's yes. a sizable medal that you can wear around your neck. Kind of dark says, in here. Can you see it? it? Well, the mood lighting is such that I can just barely make it out. It says a uh, 2015 Kiwanis Club of Greater Napa 5K run. <laughs> Normally, I would say let's give this away, but you earned this. You're a runner. You, I did. We but can't give this away to yes, somebody. No, no, I thought it would be kind of fun for those people. I have a lot of friends who are not runners at all. You know, yeah. they do the whole 0.0 sticker on their on their <laughs> yeah, cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And I thought, you know what, this. You, you you can earn this little uh, <laughs> trinket and say, hey, look, I've done a 5K and fool okay. your friends. Well, there you go, listeners. If you are a dishonest cheater of a person <laughs> with no scruples and want your friends to think that you ran a 5K here in Napa Valley, be the first to tweet. Ooh. You have to tweet. That's the only way to get this. Be the first one that has, let's see, it's hashtag JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show. Excellent. And please uh, tag Judd's Hill. So at Judd's Hill, one word. I'll get that immediately. And then you can have this medal. Your very if, own medal. If nobody tweets, I'm going to keep it, but I'm not going to wear it myself. Maybe I'll put it on one of the tiki's here <laughs> in the wiki oh, wiki grog shop. Cool. I think that would be fun. That would be So hopefully no one will tweet and we can do that. <laughs> Wendy. Yes. It's been great hearing about Napa Humane. I'd like to find out a little bit more about you and Napa Humane. Like, how did you get here? You said you, you know, had gone to school and were thinking about becoming a doctor. But how did you, like, what led you right here to Napa Humane? How did you find the path? So it's kind of interesting, actually. I was working at an organization here in Napa. I was working with young adults with developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. And one day, the job coach said, Wendy, can you help me? I need to find some jobs. Can you just look in the newspaper and see what jobs are out there? And I said, okay, sure. I was not looking to change career paths, so to speak. So I'm looking through the newspaper and all of a sudden, sudden I saw that Nappy Humane was hiring for uh. a program director. And I thought to myself, wow, that's a really cool job. And I just could not get that job out of my head. Mm. So I ended up applying for it and I interviewed and I did not get the job. You did. <laughs> I did not. Wow, I did not. I know. Bummer. You persevered. I know. So I stayed where I was because I, again, liked my job. Uh -huh. It was just... I saw that opportunity to blend my, again, my love for animals with, with nonprofit and program development. And so I thought it would be the perfect job for me. Um, so I stayed where I was. And then a year later, the director at the time 
called me out of the blue and said, hey, you interviewed for us a year ago. We actually have this position open. We've changed the job a little bit and and you've come to mind because I really think you would be the right person oh, for wow. this job now as it is. Would you be willing to come and so meet I with came me? To you. Yes. That's a great so compliment. I know. It was in West Jones. We talked about him yeah. as one of our surgeons. He was one of the individuals who hired me. Oh, which was very cool. That was just about twelve years ago. So I've been with Nappy Humane uh, ever since. And digging it ever since. Digging it ever since. And yes. You, you yourself have pets and I keep do. animals. I know I you've do. got a chickens i i no longer have no chickens. you don't no no oh, i've I heard did. about your chickens i love i loved having chickens i oh. had adopted a few from the napa county animal shelter i had silkies they're so do you know anything about silky chickens i've i've heard of they silky are chickens. gorgeous I, which they're ones are so those? Pretty. those with the they, feathers they, that yes they're stick like, out yes <laughs> they're like little silk instead of feathers uh-huh. is what they look like. I mean, they just, they're these little puffballs and they're small. And so their eggs are really small too, which is the only downside to them. Well, again, if we had a webcam, you could see me saying she small was, eggs. Well, small, no, but the, the feathers coming out of the neck area, you're illustrating. I'm Italian. I, I talk with my hands. That's great. Okay. So small <laughs> eggs, yes, beautiful feathers. Beautiful. And so, yes, but um, chickens don't have a real long lifespan. Oh, I didn't realize and it was that long ago. I I'd heard about your chickens. But yes. Yes. Okay. So we did not get more chickens when ours when ours passed mm-hmm. so we we have um two dogs and two cats that's our that's our menagerie at that's home. pretty standard at pretty standard point. i know right yeah. yeah i need to do something to mix it up a little but no no wild animals no, no exotics not. so you're kind of limited in what's an appropriate pet you're oh. leading by example i'm sure your dogs and cats are spayed Amazing. neutered absolutely they're they're What's They're the difference, senior. by the way? I hear that all the time. Spade, neuter, Bob Barker. Good question. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love Bob Barker. Drew Carey. Spade. Drew, does yes, he still no. say it? He has he to. Does. I think it was in his contract. When and he Craig took Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Well, he only said it once. Oh. Yes. So, but it's funny because when Drew says it, he's not. It's not his thing. That was Bob Barker's thing. So right. Bob was like really into the spay neuter thing. Yes. And Jim Carrey just kind of says it. Come on, Jim. Get on oh, board. Drew. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not Drew Jim, Carrey. Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Well, Jim Carrey might be into it. <laughs> Well, Bob Barker really has dedicated so yes. much of his life and his uh, wealth to helping animals. Yes. I know there's even a, a boat. I saw one of those episodes of, um, what's the one where they're stopping the whale hunters? But oh, one of yeah. the boats that they're on yeah. is called the Bob Barker. He's amazing. amazing. He's a huge yeah. answer. So, so spay okay. is for a female. You spay a female, you neuter a male. But a lot of people just say neuter across the board. You, it works. Okay, as long as it works, as long as people are doing it. But now <laughs> exactly. we know. Now you know. Now you know Spay the rest of the female. story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your pets are, I would imagine. Yes, indeed. Okay. Yes, indeed. And they're all, all of my pets at this point are seniors. So it's, uh-huh. it's my oldest dog, Mimi, is um, 14 now. And then uh-huh. I have an 11 year old dog. And Let's then my cats are 13. So that speaks well to your dedication to the health of your animals. Yes, so. indeed. So that's that's great. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. This medal, I'm still looking at this medal, yes. the 5K. Apparently that's nothing to you though. 5K, <laughs> is that why you're giving away like 5K? <laughs> yeah. eh, that's like run to the storm back because you just did a marathon. I did. I did. I, I completed my very first marathon back in March, um, the Napa Valley Marathon. It was so exciting. Wow. Yeah. How does one do that? Because I mean, I know people do it. It's not that right. that uncommon for some, but oh, for yeah, someone wait, like it's me. It's really uncommon. Come on now. <laughs> No, no, for some, <laughs> for, for a certain type of person, I, they live to run. Yes. Uh, I don't relate to that type of person. So <laughs> so I wasn't trying to take anything away from you by saying that because I'm I know, teasing. sure, people run marathons, but sure. 
it still blows my mind anytime I meet somebody who runs a marathon. I really had no desire to run a marathon. Oh, you didn't. Actually, no, no. I um I've been running for off and on for probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. And a typical run for me is 4 to 6 miles. That's that's good for me. The most I had ever run was 13, so I've run a half marathon before 13.1. Yeah. And I thought that's great. And then I got injured after that 13.1, so I thought, yeah, I don't think my body's made for this long distance oh, thing. No. I know. But then I just continued running, and then I joined a um, a running group. Uh, it's 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 a Facebook group actually, and every Sunday they post where their where the meeting place is, and whoever shows up shows up, and we all run together. We all run at our own pace, and there's usually um, different distances. Uh, planned out. So there'll be three miles, five miles, eight miles, something like that. And you run whatever works for you. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> I'll live vicariously through you. Okay. So I ran with these ladies and it's pretty much all ladies who, who come. And um, we finished an eight mile run. And the best part is we always have coffee after. So forget the running. It's all about the social aspect of it and, and the coffee. And so one of the ladies in the group said, you know what? I want to train for the marathon. She'd, she'd already run a marathon Mm. before. So she's like, you know, can somebody put together the training plan? We have four months until the marathon. And I went, man, I love running with these ladies. We run about the same pace. They're the people I talk to. I said, well, I'm going to run with you for as far as I can, but clearly, you know, I'll probably make it to 10 and back out. Uh And then each Sunday we upped the mileage and each Sunday I ran with them. And then finally we got so far into the training that I ran 21 miles with this group. And I thought, and I still hadn't signed up for the marathon because I kept saying, (laughs) yeah, I'm not going to do it. I don't really want to. (laughs) Surprise. You can't run 21 miles, have a marathon three weeks away and just be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. You were forced into it. Totally. You had to do it. (laughs) How did it go? How did you feel? How was the experience? It was so amazing. And I think the biggest part was the fact that I ran it with the ladies I trained with. Mm. So we ran the entire first 18 miles together. I mean, lockstep together. It was, it was so fun. And the day in March, it was raining, hailing. It was all this crazy weather, some sun, but it was perfect because it was nice and cold, which works for me. Mm -hmm. I'm a cold weather runner. But so for the first 18 miles, we ran together and the ladies in the running group that didn't run the marathon, they planted themselves along the path just to cheer us on oh, that's great. and seeing those faces and yeah, them like, what? it was, it, it was life changing. It was, How it was wonderful. awesome. I know. And then, um, and then when we, we got to 18 miles, somebody from the running group ran those last eight miles with us like fresh they they didn't oh, run the yeah. marathon, so they ran those last like eight miles pacer. just said, like you got this yeah. you can do it don't walk you've got it you can do it that was fun and then I will say that when I saw mile 25 I thought to myself when is this going to be over <laughs> I'm so done with this it's soon once you get to 25 it's soon so you just got to keep going are you the one nut in your family do your kids enjoy running I know they're uh, little but my my son my seven-year-old son he likes to run and bike ride he will okay. bike ride with me when oh, I run good. six miles or something which is kind of fun to have him join me do they share your love of animals uh, you know it's crazy you would think that they would and Uh-oh. i hope that they do someday Uh-oh. but it's like the the cat the the dogs and cats are like their brothers and sisters i mean it, their sisters actually have all girls but they're just like mimi move my dog when oh. she lays across <laughs> the train track and you know they'll come on mimi's walking over here mimi's getting my mimi ate my you know whatever so yeah they don't it's just like the nurturers aren't there yet. Not yet. Okay, they're coming. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, before we split, I, I got to ask you about something that happened when you were... You do a regular weekly bit. It's just <laughs> a, 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 It's 
not extended like this, but you have your few minutes every yes. Thursday morning. Every Thursday morning. On KVYN with Bob St. Laurent. Correct. You come in and you talk about Napa Humane and right. some of the animals. It's, it's an adoptable pet of the week segment. Yeah. So I'm joined, Kelly from the Napa County Animal Shelter sure. comes and she brings an adoptable pet and then Napa Humane, I'm there to talk about some sort of humane message every Thursday. And what happened with this cat that came <laughs> in with you? So we... <laughs> Bringing live animals to a live show—you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna get. I always try to put a cat up to the microphone when it's purring or something, mm, just yeah. to prove that we really, in fact, have an animal with us. But one day, you may not know out there, listeners, that the radio station, the studio, is the walls are carpeted or for acoustics. For acoustics, yeah, you yes. Get reverb, but reverberation. To me. With cats, I see a cat tree, a, climb, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a climbing yeah. tree. Uh -oh. <laughs> so we've had many a cats climb, you know, partway up the wall and then they jump off. Well, there's also in this studio, there is a hole in one of the ceiling tiles. So you can get up oh, to no. <laughs> where all the wires are and everything. So we had a cat that was climbing the wall. And Bob said, oh, the cat's going to go through the ceiling. So I immediately jumped up and there's like this little shelf that was next to me. And I jumped up on the shelf and went to grab the cat before before he got up into the ceiling and the shelf gave way and I fell. And I, oh, I mean, it was no. just like uh -oh. live radio and oh. it's just like, boom. And Bob, Bob's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Cause he's on the other side of the table. So mm -hmm. he couldn't see me. And I was, well, a embarrassed, but B I was laughing so hard that I couldn't talk. And so Bob finally peeks over and then he starts laughing. <laughs> so it's total chaos. There's a cat in the ceiling. Bob and I are cracking up. This is live radio. And he's like, we're going to commercial. So he had to cut to commercial <laughs> so we could, we could gather ourselves. Just, uh, it was Lauren. I've just rethought hilarious. my stance on the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the perfect thing to capture on a webcam. And then the bummer is usually oh. Bob will record it, but he didn't record that show, oh, so we no, don't, have, don't have, it. have it. I know. Anybody out there listening in the Napa area who picked up that show, maybe had a recorder going, let us know. Uh, Wendy. Yes. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. NapaHumane.org for more information. Yes. There's a calendar of events. You guys do really great galas and events and fundraisers yes. and i'm sure there's volunteer opportunities absolutely. donation opportunities absolutely and informational opportunities at nappyhumane.org if you want to know anything about nappy Man, go to our website call me directly happy to talk wonderful thanks so much for being here thank you from the wiki wiki grog shop in the beautiful napa valley this is lauren lava flow mole speaking for judd's napa valley show a gillamar production that's Napa Valley Show.